man. So you you say that you have really never heard too much about Nikolai Tesla? No, uh, I didn't watch the documentary. It's been a while. It's been a while since I watched it, but uh, so I remember very little. So he's a guy that I had only been started hearing about him for the last I don't know, maybe ten years, and then they, you know. Then there's a guy named Elon Musk that developed the the Tesla like electric car, you know, and you know that kind of brought more attention to the name Tesla. Like, well, you know, uh, some people they would be like, well, Nikolai Tesla being an inventor, a scientist, uh, an engineer, whatever you want to call him, that eventually we started learning more and more about him. However, we didn't hear a whole lot about him when we was younger. So, but the thing is, I mean, you're talking about, you know, a guy that lived back in the like 1930s or something, 1940s or whatever. And, uh, his work really, from what I hear, some of the conspiracy theories surrounding it and some of the, I mean, you know, some of it may be facts mixed in with some like exaggerations. I don't know. But there are those who say that whoever got credit for like the light bulb, for example, what was it, Thomas Edison? Yeah. So they taught us that in school. They they gave us these names and we just thought, well, man, these are pioneers, uh, inventors, uh, you know, that, that gave us these things that, you know, we should be really thankful for and all that. And, uh, and yet... There was supposedly a competition between Nikolai Tesla and some of these other big name people that we, you know, we thought might have been good guys or whatever. And they try, in other words, they try to steal some of his work or they try to take credit for it or they try to make it to where they robbed him of his work. And I'm not sure, you know, whether, you know, what's true or what's not. I mean, there's been some documentaries that's done on him and everything, but what's that got to do with us now? Well, when we start seeing, you know, advanced technology like the smartphone, for example, I guess because of Nikolai Tesla that this is even possible. Some, someone somewhere, which some propose, you know, according to some conspiracy theories, they propose that, uh, that Nikolai Tesla like had a bunch of his uh, work stolen from the military or the, you know, the government, whatever, when he died, you know, whatever happened, we don't know exactly, but we do know we we're seeing the technology right now. That's uh, a lot more advanced than what it was even 20 years ago. Would you admit that? Yeah. I mean, a smartphone is pretty awesome and we can sit here and do all kinds of things with it, watch videos, movies, whatever. Play good games. I think people probably we do more with a smartphone than you know more things than, than using it as an actual phone. Which is funny because when it first came out, I thought who needs all that, but yes, been beneficial. Yeah, I mean, it can, I guess it can be beneficial. I mean, I'd I'd say that it's funny how that people how I've seen people change just some our lifetime and the fact that, you know, it seems like we're, we're all, we've become so dependent on them. I mean, I've got one in my hand right now trying to use it to look up information. And, uh, and yet it, it, it makes me realize sometimes that it's like, well, if I had to pull away from this lifestyle, just even go on a simple hike, you know, out in the, you know, out in a park or something, uh, state park or whatever that, if I don't have cell phone signal, then I'm pretty much left to myself. Right. That's as nice as it sounds. It's scary too. Cause you know, I think we just become so dependent on whether it be for entertainment purposes or, you know, in case of emergency, we need to have it. It's, it's nice to have, but unfortunately it can be difficult to disconnect from. So what if somebody wanted to take it a step further and they wanted to say, Hey, uh, do you want the newest, greatest, latest thing? You know, and, uh, I've seen some stuff like Google glasses that, uh, has made me think that people are wanting to, you know, they're wanting to take the VR, you know, the AR, the, you know, the virtual reality, you know, the, 
uh, well, Elon Musk, the same guy that, you know, has developed the car brand Tesla. I mean, he has been, people have quoted him saying things about artificial intelligence and wanting to uplink it into our brain. What do you think about that, man? Uh, not really a big, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of good can be done with all of this, but at the same time, you know, use Terminator as an example, I don't feel like that would be far off from happening. Maybe not to that extent, but where bad things can come, whether it be something like that, something like you see in the, sh in the movies or whatever coming true, or just the wrong people using them for the bad things. Uh, you know, a lot of people are already saying smart TVs are spying on them or... Um, I mean, that, that's old news to me. You know, like a TV spying on you, your phone spying on you. I mean, man, any kind of technology. Well, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying any kind of technology. So the more advanced that we get, you know, especially in America where people are already saying that the government is trying to control them. I can't see a lot of people being okay with, you know, some of this stuff coming out, like you know, being chipped or like you said, it being imaged into your brain or whatever. I, don't, I just, I don't know. I think it can go too far and it's, not to sound like paranoid, but I, I don't. I, I don't. I think it would be kind of like uh, like the phone, like you said. You know, it's a good idea, and there's a lot of good that can come from it. But I think it's either used for the wrong reasons more. You know, people are dying because they're playing on the phones while driving. You know, they're being used at the wrong time, or uh, so I think it could, regardless of what it's designed for, it's going to be used the wrong way by some and, and become a problem. Yeah, man. I mean, the dependency on anything, to me, if it isn't food and water, you know, or whatever, you know, I mean, it, it just, to me, it's, it's just extra. Right. So, you know, I am the type of person that I like to... I would like to think that if I didn't have any kind of technology that I could start over, go survive out in the woods, you know, whatever. I'm, I mean, I may not be the countryest guy you've ever met, but I did grow up in the country part of my life, a, right. go, a good part. Matter of fact, the majority of my life. And I was around guys that they just had a different mentality than city folk. And, you know, to see them even now using smartphones it's kind of funny you know whatever but i think what it is is that it's one thing to use technology it's a whole nother thing to say well we're going to start integrating it into our bodies yeah. i mean to me my bioethics right there draws a line and it says no <laughs> i'm not johnny mnemonic man uh, you ever seen that yeah yeah i mean Keanu Reeves, man, he played in Johnny Mnemonic. It's an older movie. You might want to look it up. Uh, but uh, maybe some of the millennials haven't seen it. I don't know. Unless they was trying to Netflix and chill and just, <laughs> you know, just look for something, look for something to watch. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's been in more movies than some may realize, whatever. But I remember, you know, in the movie Johnny Mnemonic, he, excuse me, uh, he was actually like, um, he was trying to transport information. I mean, he had it in his brain. I mean, he had like a device that had been implanted in his head to where he could take a, like a little, kind of like a little SD card, you know, a little hard drive type card, uh, and, and they could put it in there and then, you know, it download a bunch of information or this or that or whatever. So it was like a bunch of illegal information, supposedly. And somebody had, you know, the state, I guess, or the bad guys of the movie, they they put a hit out on him. So everybody's looking for him. And he's running from everybody, anybody and everybody, because whatever information he has in his head, which, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it's on a chip, but it's like whatever it is, it's so important that, you know, they, they just willing to send, you know, pay whatever and send whoever to him and kill him. Or whatever. Right. You know, another uh, 
aspect of that. Um, I mean, I've seen other movies like Universal Soldier. I mean, it's like they've just been trying to warm us up for these types of things. And it's only, I think it's only natural, you know, that Hollywood would go that direction, you know, that, you know, we would just think that, you know, man, it makes sense that, uh, I guess that the military found a way to keep their people living longer, stronger and faster and, you know, and all that. And they just got to put them on ice every once in a while, so to speak, according to that movie. Um, you know, you have all these different movies, man. They have painted a picture for us that's got us ready for for what I think is eventual, which it may not look exactly like movies we saw, but it, it has to be something, especially when I start hearing about, you know, the mandatory vaccine for the COVID-19 uh, virus and all that. I start, I mean, to me, it's one thing to have a vaccine, but to force it on the people, I don't believe in that. Because it, 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 you know, there's no, there's no data that shows that COVID-19 was as deadly as polio or, you know, some of these other, you know, things that, you know, that has ravaged, you know, people in human history. I mean, like it, it just is not, there's no proof there to show that it's that deadly. You know what I mean? So, I mean, to try to mandate a vaccine. And, and then you, and then you start hearing more and more about a cashless society because what I saw was that just going to the gym, man, try to buy us something to drink. And they say, oh, we're not accepting cash at this time. Yeah. And the coin shortage. I mean, coin shortage? What the heck, yeah, man? I've never imagined. I mean, the, something like that. If you have a certain amount of coins in circulation and then all of a sudden you got a coin shortage, yeah. to me, that can only mean one of two things. To me, it's either A, people are hoarding their coins, or B, the government is. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just saying that when they when, when you got companies that are already, I'm talking about in the United States, already talking about uh, giving chips, putting chips in the hands of people, like their employees, for them to be able to come and go like out the building, you know, I mean, you know, most places I work at, man, they have, they give you an ID badge, your picture on it, got a little barcode or something in it, or, you know, some kind of way for you to be able to get in and out of the building with authorization. But then when you got people talking about putting a computer chip, people saying some might look at it like it's no big deal. I'm looking at it like it's a big deal because it's an invasion into my body. And the word of God clearly says that those who take this mark of the beast, if that is what that is, I mean, it sounds exactly like it. Uh, let me find it real quick. You know, when the book of Revelation in chapter 13 says in thirteen sixteen, it said he required is talking about a world figure of some type, small and great rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And you got so many people, man, they're afraid of that number, but they, I mean... Not too many people come up with a reasonable explanation of what that number is supposed to represent. But when we see that it clearly pointed to somebody receiving a mark in their right hand, and then we see that, you know, I've heard down in Mexico City, they're requiring these chips for people to work at the Mexico City, Mexico government building. You know, that this is something that's been going on for a while. And if it was up to some of these credit card companies, the World Bank, this and that and the other, they would have already forced it anyways. But then this COVID-19 thing come along this year and and we start hearing more and more about places not accepting cash. They want you to use your credit card, you know, the coin shortage and all that. It just starts pointing more and more towards, you know, the fact that we're getting closer and closer to a time where you're going to have to make a decision for you and your family. I mean, to me, this is a serious matter, man. I mean, it's something that I think I be honestly believe the Lord 20 years ago started talking to me about these types of things, man. And, uh, I still don't believe that I'm prepared. I really don't. 
I mean, it's weird because I'll listen to stuff about prepping. I'll try to read stuff, learn stuff about prepping, about, you know, living off the land, this, that, and the other, whatever. And I'm still here. I mean, and I don't look like some dude ready to go live out in the woods. You know what I mean? I think the, the major thing is, is getting your mind prepared. But when people don't even read the Bible and they don't even see the warnings that Jesus gave 2,000 years ago, then how are you supposed to convince somebody that has adapted to this new, hey, I got to have my phone in my hand at all times. Hey, why don't we just go ahead and put it in your brain? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, when, when people are getting so used to, you know, being so uh, glued to this technology, it's like I when my internet showed off, um, I didn't pay my bill. <laughs> I got in, I got internet on my phone, so I'm not worried. But when my home Wi-Fi got shut off a couple of days ago, I was just like, well, it's going to have to wait because I, I, I'm going to use whatever money I would have paid that bill with. I'm going to use it for something else. Right. And, you know, starting a new job and this and that or whatever. It's like, dude, I really don't need it. And if my daughter was here, she would be unhappy because then she wouldn't be able to link to the Wi-Fi. Right. And I'm thinking, man, dude, we're just way too addicted to this technology. Right. But at the same time, it gives us an opportunity to do this, to sit here and, and talk about it and record it and be able to share it with others. So, again, which, depending on, you know, who's talking and who's listening can be a good or a bad thing because the people like for us for example talking about whatever anybody listening could you know if we're, if we're, if we're talking about the wrong things you know what I mean um, and the people listening they could take it one way uh, but if we're talking about the word of God and positive things and, and things like that and the people listening could take it the right way it can be, like I said, it doesn't matter how you look at it. It can be good or a bad thing. So. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. We're not, we can't control anybody's response right. to, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're like watchmen on the wall, so to speak, you know, the whole point of this podcast, it's called the Sentinel Spectre. Yeah. A Sentinel is a watchman. It is a security guard. You know what I mean? It, it is a, it is somebody that says, you know, hey, while everybody else sleeps, I'm going to be watching on the wall, make sure that some enemy force isn't trying to sneak up on us and attack us, you know. Um, a prophet is like a watchman, a preacher, pastor, you know. I mean, when you when you got people in these cities talking about defund the police, I mean, they, they to me it is, I mean, I'm going to try to restrain myself, but it has got to be one of the lamest things I've ever heard come out of a political movement of any type. Defunding the police makes no sense whatsoever. It only makes sense that if the ori the origin of the idea is either A, demonic, or B, foreign altogether from a foreign country or foreign somebody, you know, that you defund the police, then, then what? Someone out there is playing a game of chess with our lives and to be able to say that when I read the book of revelation, you know, when I first started getting into this type of thing, you know, as far as like, you know, become a Christian, you know, I started believing the Bible and all that, you know, one of the places that I started was the book of revelation It scared the crap out of me because I took it serious, you know, not and that, that, ain't, that isn't the only reason. I mean, it, it's not just, you know, saying, well, you know, doom and gloom and hell and all that. Yeah. I mean, the idea of hell should scare you. Right. It should scare any human being. I don't care how big and bad you think you are. I don't care if you're UFC double double weight champion or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're the biggest, baddest dude in the military. They done pumped you full of, uh, you know, what is that, Captain America juice? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Steroids or whatever they got these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hell doesn't sound like a pleasant place for anybody. For any length of time. So for eternity, it's... Five minutes would be well, bad that's enough. What that's what I'm saying. You ever heard of the book called... 23? You ever heard of a book called 23 Minutes in Hell? No. 
You can look it up on YouTube. You put in 23 minutes in hell. Uh, yeah, 23 minutes in hell. And you'll find videos of this guy that he says that the Lord took him to hell. Like one night, somehow. That, you know, some would say it was a dream or this or whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, is what he describes and to the extent and detail that he describes it. And that's a life changing event. Right. I mean, it altered his life. But, you know, to travel and now talk about this one thing that happened to him, you know, it makes sense. You know, once it's revealed to you such, such deep and eternal weight once it's revealed to you, you don't want to stop talking about it. It's something that bothers you from day in to day out. It is. And the thing is, is that to have the joy of my salvation, sometimes I got to I got to be reminded that in the end, the creator wins. Jesus wins. The blood of the lamb is what washes us from our sins, man. If you don't believe in that, if you don't accept that, you're going to have a bigger problem. You know, it, to be able to say, to be able to just straight up put your faith in, in uh, the gospel of Jesus, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be a point where we're going to be divided, man. And the Lord's going to be able to clearly show us who was who. Right. You know, those who take this mark, they may do it out of ignorance, or whatnot, but there's people like me that have to warn, like, not only are we not supposed to take the, these computer chips in our hands, but we're not supposed to begin to integrate technology into our bodies to the point where, you know, we will be able to be controlled. I mean, you're the body, the human body is supposed to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you don't believe in the Holy Spirit and you don't believe in the Bible, you don't believe in a creator and all that, then it makes sense that why, how you could go that direction. I mean, if, if let's say they had to amputate your leg and they said, well, we got this uh, portable robot leg we can attach to the bottom half of your leg. Would you do it? You tell me. I don't Wouldn't you want to be able to walk? I mean, I would, but it's definitely something you'd have to give some thought to. If it comes to artificial, <laughs> sorry, I was kind of looking up at a quote when you asked me, but because I wanted to, I wanted to look this up. So like, I might have to put some thought into that, man. I don't know. Maybe they can give me two new legs. <laughs> well, I've been working with one bad one for a while. No, I'm sorry. I was looking up a quote because I wanted to touch base on what you were saying. Uh, have you ever heard of an artist, Lecrae? Yeah. He and I heard this a while ago, and it's kind of stuck with me. Yeah, with the whole, you know, this God and and, and all that. And he said that when I die, if I'm wrong about God, then I wasted my life. If when you die, you're wrong about God, then you wasted your eternity. And it goes back to what you talked about with, you know, 21 minutes in hell or whatever. Like yeah. eternity is a long time. And, you know, it might be a, it, it makes a hundred years or whatever, you know, most people, many people don't even live that long. So it makes our time here so much shorter when we think about it from that perspective. So, well, yeah, I mean, the guy that when he talks about 23 minutes in hell, I mean, you know, it makes it sound like the way he describes it, man. It's, it's just like, for one, it lines up with what Jesus spoke about hell. Um, for two, it's like, why would you ever want to risk that to me? Like I got my own issues right now and I know what struggles that I have on a daily basis and the trying to align myself up with the word of God and to say that I'm trying to obey the Lord, even when I can't see him. Even though he has revealed to me things that is, I mean, there's no way I cannot I can't deny the work he's done in my life. Right. I, this isn't some figment of my imagination. This isn't just some religious or spiritual um, philosophy that I picked up from somewhere. I didn't, I didn't grow up in the church. So, I mean, my faith in Jesus is based around more 
than just saying, well, man, I read a scary story in the Bible one day and man, it just made me want to surrender my whole life to him. No, it, it's not like that. Some may assume that it is, but it's not. So, I mean, you tell me, Dave, like, why do you believe in Jesus? Because even the Bible says even the devils in hell believe in him. So what makes you any different? Well, I mean, I feel like I, I too have seen things or been through things that I wouldn't be able to explain on my own. Uh, I think I've, you know, I've been in places where I've been, you know, you just kind of feel something and you're in the right place at the right time to help others. Um, I, I certainly feel like there's way too many questions and there are answers outside of God. You know what I mean? Um, I just feel like there's, there's more to life than, than what we think. And I, I, I just can't see it any other way. Um, you know, I've never been good at finding the right words. Well, okay. So you're, so when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit, do you feel like the Holy Spirit has visited you in any way, shape or form? I do. And I feel like it's one of those things where, it, it, you know, the more committed you are to learning and following God, the stronger you feel it. Because unfortunately for me, I'm one of those people who it comes and goes in, in the sense that the best I've ever felt in my life was when I was attending church regularly. I was learning. I was wanting to learn. I was around people, like-minded people who wanted to learn and, and discuss it. And that was honestly some of the best I've ever felt. I didn't fear death. I didn't fear, you know, anything going on. You know, I put God first. So the rest of it, I didn't concern myself with. But over time it kind of changed to where I wasn't, and, and even right now I, I'm worried about, you know, the wrong things. So I don't feel as connected. So, but that's, well, that's why the Lord brings you around people like me, bro. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you, you already know, you already know how that sometimes we just so happen to run into yeah. each other, you know, uh, random I'm places. I don't think you were following me. No, no, bro. <laughs> I don't, I don't do nothing like that. Well, even when we first met at, you know, at work, uh, that was one of the things I think you and I started talking about was God and our beliefs. Yahweh. And, you know, Creator. like you, you've talked about before, you know, you can approach somebody and talk to them, and if they're not, um, they can give you a reaction, like if they're not into religion or you know all that you know getting that if they're not feeling it, if you're not on the same level then they can be like yeah okay and they just kind of walk away and even though it's been a long time since I've been where I feel like I should be with my relationship with God you coming up and talk to me didn't push me away you know what I mean didn't deter me because clearly you're studying more and your faith is stronger than mine and to me, I, I feel like that led me closer, and I feel like that's why we're still in contact. And then to add on to what you said, maybe that's part of it is I keep drifting away because I'm putting other things first that you just happen to show up. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's not me at all, bro. That's got to be the Lord. Well, so. Amen. And that's what I'm saying. He's using you to help me, and I, you know, hopefully I'm helping you in some ways. Um, yeah, but you know, Fire see, nice. yeah, see me, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, but yeah, man. So I, I see it from a point of view, man, that the Lord at, at times, man, it seems like He is more involved in my life than others because sometimes He's not, and those times yeah. it's 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 a little more difficult. But it makes these times where I get around someone else that at least believes. In, in Jesus, that where it makes the purpose of this, of us even getting together for a little bit, right. it makes it all, all the, all the better. If y'all want to advertise on this podcast, you can hit me up at chris.gungho at gmail.com. 
Gungho spelled G-U-N. G-H-O. Again, that's chris.gungho at gmail.com. Increase your leads to your business online or even uh, whether it's local or not. I may consider it. So email me and let me know what you have in mind to try to increase your leads to your business to get exposure to your brand. You know, you must increase your brand awareness and keep your presence in the particular industry that you're in and maintain it in order to see results. So don't be shy. Hit me up. Go Gung Ho. Gung Ho Media 2020. Anyways, I want to throw out a little tidbit of information for those who are maybe scientifically minded conspiracy theorists, you know, into the Tesla thing. Nikolai Tesla, according to something I read on the Smithsonian website, um, that he was born in Croatia in 1856. And his father, uh, Milutin, was a priest of the Serbian Orthodox Church. I just figured I'd throw that out there. So you got this guy that, you know, that people now are looking to, to be like even more, like more of a genius than Einstein. And yet his father was a Serbian priest, like a Serbian Orthodox priest. I just figured I'd throw it out there because to me, I don't think it's a coincidence that some people get, you know, like when the Lord decides to give somebody in a certain area that, you know, it may have a direct connection to, you know, his word, his Bible, his church, whatever. And I think what has happened is, is that whether it's been Christians, you know, blatantly sinning or misrepresenting the Lord or even the devil. And I'm, I always know the accuser of the brethren, man. I think he really does. a, 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 a He puts forth such an effort to try to divide the church. He, want, he likes to destroy nations. I mean, if he can, if it serves his purpose or whatever. I mean, when I see how the enemy works, man, I see how that sometimes that he works against even the simplest of relationships. And uh, not to say that everybody's meant, you know, to be connected, um, you know, on a very close scale or whatever. But, uh, but what I'm saying is this te- technological aspect of things, it's like, if it wasn't for technology, we could never get to the point where the book of Revelation would be completely fulfilled. So I'm not trying to say good or bad about the fact that technology is getting more and more advanced. I'm just saying that w- when we can clearly see that 2,000 years ago that a man named John wrote the book of Revelation. And that he, that some of the things that he wrote in there was Jesus himself giving it to him to warn us about this time frame that we're living in right now, where the technology now is available to where some of the things even spoke about right here in Revelation chapter 13, that, uh, that, that it wouldn't have been possible before, you know, uh, you know, the computer was invented and some of this technology, the wireless technology and all that, it's like, you know, people don't realize how close we are getting. And I mean, to me, it's like, well, so you say you have faith, Dave, but what's the solution? What do you think, man? If you don't take it, if you don't take a computer chip in your hand, and just like we've seen with the COVID-19 thing, if you don't even wear a mask in some places, they're telling you, no, you can't come in here. You can't buy groceries. So what are you going to do to feed your family, man? I mean, you ain't got to tell me your deepest, darkest secrets, but have you even considered preparing for this type of thing? Nope. Like I said, I don't research. I don't as much as you do. So I don't. It ain't so much about research. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying, I don't, I don't watch. I don't, I don't follow a lot of what's going on because for me, I tend to work day to day with right in my face. 
So I mean, if that, I don't think we, I don't think we were recording when we talked about that a little bit. Is I, you know, that's kind of that's one of my flaws is I, I focus on what's going on in front of me right now, so I'm not necessarily prepared for what's coming. But uh, at the same time, you know, hearing about it and all that, I can certainly see why it would be a concern. Well, it's definitely a concern, man, and it's something that I look at like the least that I can do for my, you know, my daughter or my uh, ex, I guess, because I'm not really sure how this is going to play out, um, is that, you know, one of the most basic things that I have brought myself to do is to get together a, a bug out pack. You know, it's not that complicated. It's not like it's loaded with all kinds of things, but you know, basic items that, you know, I may need if, if I needed to, you know, let's say the electricity goes out, let's say we're, we come under an EMP attack. Um, not everybody really concerns themselves with that, but when you can see when a hurricane hits the coast and you got people's power out, sometimes they lost their home, they lost this, uh, you know, what are some of the items that you think that are pretty basic for everyday survival? If you didn't have this cushy, you know, lifestyle that you got. Like, if you just had to put some things in a backpack, what do you? What would you want in, a, in your in your little bug out pack, man? Well, my in my life, my kids would need hot Cheetos. And <laughs> well, no, hot Cheetos, dude. I, only feed you for a little bit. You know what? So makes them happy, and I don't have to listen to them complaining. No, uh, it might be a good idea. <laughs> hey, you gotta you gotta keep your sanity, you know. So if it keeps, it keeps them happy, yeah. If you be good, that would be the hard part is to uh, go easy on them. You can only have two a day. The bag would be gone instantly. But they got to turn on you, man. Yeah, like, like, like little, uh, yeah, hungry enough to eat me. But uh, oh, boy. yeah, that's all the topic of discussion. That's <laughs> the, that's where the world will go. The first as soon as internet shoot. Well, our internet goes out at home, it's like the end of the world. Seriously? Yeah, like the uh, modem went out. That it wasn't receiving. The router? Yeah. Well, the, yeah, it's the modem router connected. It went out. It wasn't receiving a signal, so I was sitting there working on it. Holy crap, man. All three kids came up to tell me that the internet was out. And I was like, yeah, I know. It went out on me. I was working on it. And, uh, yeah, it's like, oh my god, I'm so bored. You got a football go outside, you got a dog go outside. Yeah. Part of me thinks that maybe the world needs this little setback. It's kind of like when COVID happened and they shut everything down and they talked about the month that, I mean, there were still, a, you know, however many people were out in the world still doing their things, weren't following, you know, staying home like they wanted. But they said, like, the waters, you know, nobody's on the beaches for a month, so the water was getting clear, and all this stuff was getting better, the air was getting better. I don't remember what all they said, but it got so much better, and then the week that they opened the beaches and all that, they're showing all these pictures of all these masks and trash that are being left behind, and everything's getting polluted again. So maybe we just need that little, I want to say the reset button, and start all over, but just a little knock back a little bit. That's like that movie. Uh, right. Keanu Reeves is also in that movie. Uh, you ever seen that? Uh, the day the Earth stood still. Uh, I've it's heard of that. <laughs> this is gonna be a whole talk. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Is yeah, I don't know, man. He, you know, he's he's a decent actor, man. Yeah. He, he also has got. That's uh, how he takes people on a bus going over sixty miles per hour speed. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I don't, I don't think that's what he's most known for. It's like ma mainly the Matrix. Matrix. Right. But, I mean, I remember he was in, uh, was it? Uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, Bill and Ted. Bill they just come out with yeah. a new uh, Bill and Ted Excellent yeah. Adventure or whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen, seen it yet. I haven't either. It could be different without, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, like the the same guy's name. No, uh, the comedian that plays Rufus. Uh, oh, um. George Carlin. No. Is that, is that who it was? Talking about uh, the guy that played the the Grim Reaper? No. In, in, the, in, the, in the TV, TV show? show? 
in, 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 yeah, in the movie. In the movie he the, was, yeah, he was the one. I thought it was George Carlin. He was the... Uh, no, it wasn't George Carlin. Same guy that played uh, in the Adams Family? No. Uh, you know Not what? Christopher Reeves. We're what? sitting here with this technology that we've been talking about. Well, that's not what I kind of got <laughs> off topic. But no, I mean, no, yeah. so anyways, in the day the earth stood still, now that you brought it up, um, the day the earth stood still is a movie where it depicts like this alien that's representative of like a, a 10, con- 10 planets or constellation or something somewhere for, and he's pretty powerful. And... So, like, when they first initially meet him, they accidentally shot him because they didn't know that it, whether he was friendly or not. Right. And this big, giant robot thing comes out of his spaceship and starts blasting people. <laughs> and then, like, he makes it, like, subside with some hand motion or something or whatever. But uh, so they take him in and, you know... And, for one, he had to de- the alien had to develop into the human form, which is the actor Keanu, Re- Keanu Reeves or whatever. But like the whole idea behind it is the fact that he had come to pretty much destroy Earth because Earth was you know the people on Earth had got to a point where they was destroying each other, yeah. the environment, right. this that, blah blah blah, you know whatever. But one of the scenes that shows the the conflict that I believe that is an actual reality with with the Lord and his his hosts his angels um, whether you want to call them aliens or not doesn't really matter um, that he goes and he meets one that's been here for a while which is another alien that looks like a human that's been here for a while and says that he learned to love them with their flaws and all. And he and 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 you know, through everything, comes down to the point at the end of the movie that this angel or alien or whatever you want to call him, he decides not to destroy Earth, even though they're hunting him down and all that. But he decides not to destroy Earth, but he does take away the electrical power completely. And he said it'll be a while before you you know before you before you recover from that and and to me like the whole idea of needing a reset it's like dude that can turn into a whole thing man and i mean you got to be careful with that i mean in other words it's like we could say that all we want we could say that we need a reset and everything but ultimately man i mean whether the lord postpones this time frame we're in right now or he allows it to progress into the point where we have to make a decision whether or not we're going to go live off the land uh, or not. It's like, it's such a serious matter, man, that I honestly believe that if you do not prepare your mind first by putting your faith in, in his words, he warned us in the book of Revelation about this 2,000 years ahead of time. So none of us really are going to have any kind of excuse. I mean... If you have to suffer for not complying with the system of the mark of the beast and all that, then it wouldn't be worth it. I mean, even if it wasn't just about saving your soul, even as so much as it is about like not, I mean, I don't know. It's like, for one, I don't want to risk my eternity. For two, I certainly don't want to be enslaved by like a new world order or some crap that it's like, I'm just not, I I mean, to me, it's like, it's such a serious issue, man, that we have to address it in our daily lives. I believe the Lord wills that we address it now. I believe he's been trying to deal with me about it for 20 years. You think think about it, but you just kind of said there about being enslaved. You have people who feel like they're being controlled with wearing a mask out in public. They don't want to do it. They throw a fit. They refuse. It's against their freedom. It's legitimate. Okay. But you don't talk about this one. Right. But you don't want to be enslaved by it. But yet, like you said, a lot of people don't give their life to God or, you know, you don't believe, which I guess you don't believe it's okay, but... Could you imagine, like, you don't want to wear a mask because they're telling you to, 
but then you know God exists and you didn't believe or you know you go to hell then you just live in eternity doing what you don't want to do being told what you know commanded what to do I say I don't see it like it I don't look at it like wearing a mask is complying with God no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Or you're not saying, seeing, you know what I mean? Like, in other words, the mask to me is almost like a test run to see who will easily comply and who will not. Even if that's not its intended purpose, we can still clearly see some people will stand for their rights. Some people will stand for their rights. I mean, because it doesn't make much sense to, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, it's like, it makes more sense to target people that have the disease than and spend the time and the effort trying to deal with that aspect of things on that end than to say that the general public now has to wear hazmat suits if they go out and go grocery shopping. Because I actually seen a guy with a suit like that on in a grocery store. I'm not sure if he was doing it as a joke or what, but I'm serious, this dude had a full-on, weird-looking plastic suit on in the grocery store. But what I'm saying, man, is it just doesn't make sense to me how that we allow the you know certain aspects of the government, because the government can be good. I do believe that. But when Jesus has clearly warned us 2,000 years ahead of time, and, the, and this country in general has only been around for a couple hundred, two, three hundred years. And and Christians supposedly, uh, you know, uh, helped with the founding. You know, there was such a rich Christian heritage at one time in this country, but it seems like people are getting so silly that they can't even see the simplicity in saying, look, you cannot just expect people to want to give up their rights for a few people. And the, the mass thing is just, that's like a very surface level thing, but the yeah. deeper aspect of it is saying that if you can't buy, sell, or trade, that's a big deal, man. And we've already seen with the mask how easy it is for them to say that you can't come in there and store and buy. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that. If you're not going to let me into your store because I'm not following your rules and wearing a mask, I'll go elsewhere. I think a lot of people make too big of a deal of wearing a mask being asked. I think either way you look at it, there's going to be, it's like everything else we've talked about with politics, religion, or what you're going to have. The people that are um, for it and 100% making a big deal about it, like do it or you're, you know, you're stupid. You, know, you have the people that are like, oh, it's my freedom. I'm against it. I shouldn't have to. To me, I don't see what it hurts from a mass perspective. Now, again, when you start talking about implanting something in, into my body or my family's body, sure, then I'm gonna start having a problem with that. But, but think about how they mask. But think about how right. they've went about it, though. They've went about it in such a way that it that so many people were convinced that they had to wear a mask now when they went out in public. In the same way, if they can do that, then they're going to continue to try to convince people with their same twisted methodology that they're going to eventually convince people that, yes, we need to go to a cashless society. And it may be whether it's a virus on the money, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the federal government, the federal reserve, the treasury, whatever, having issues or this or that. I mean, look, man, I mean, it, it's coming. We can already see that it's coming. But, and the mask issue is just one point of reference where we can clearly see that it's getting closer and closer to the point where you're going to need to be able to have an alternative means to be able to live, breathe, and conduct yourself. I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to function in the city the same way. I mean, it don't even make any sense to be near the city. Once there's a certain point, once there's a certain certain events take place, and I would hope the Lord Jesus would give you wisdom, give me wisdom, give anybody wisdom that are believers and that are willing to listen, that he would help us understand that once certain things take place, we're supposed to get out of the city. We're supposed to be, you know, we're not supposed to be trying to integrate with everybody else, man. But you see, I don't, I don't see us being to that point yet. 
now. Oh, we're, the, we're, we're almost you there, are, man. See, you and uh, maybe not you, but people have this fear of the mask and being told what to do or it's taking our freedoms and where this is going. But I don't see it as being there yet. So I don't see that. Maybe that's why I'm just not so concerned now. Like I said, when, when they started talking about taking our guns, I wasn't willing to give up my guns. Now, if they started, if they made something of it and they started forcing it or this and that, then yeah, sure. But again, maybe we're just dwelling on the whole mass part. But they, how many people, when this first started and they started saying, hey, we need people to stay home, you know, if people would have just stayed home and complied right there, maybe we wouldn't even be to this point now. But you still had the people who weren't going to take this seriously, whether you think it's super you know, important or not, or it's no da- more dangerous than some of the other stuff we've been through, but it's still here. It's still doing damage. It's still taking lives. If people would have just died. You're just going, but that's the thing, though, man. You're just going by what the news is telling you. You're not seeing that in your own personal life, are you? I haven't lost. I haven't lost family, but I've had family who have lost loved ones, uh, friends, or uh, uh, you know, I, my uncle. I guess the first woman who died here in Indiana was somebody that my uncle used to date, and she was she died due to the virus. But again, at the same time, at the same time, based on what my folks told me, at the same time, no. Obviously, I don't know this from firsthand experience. It's something I heard from my folks. They heard that she died of coronavirus. Now, I know they're padding numbers and all that stuff. I get that. But at the same time, I just don't see it as the government or anybody trying to tell me what to do. Well, obviously, there's a war in the government right now. There's there's a battle between ideologies and what, um, you know, what, government is supposed to be doing anyways i mean we're all divided it seems right now and i I believe the lord could have mercy on us and unite us but but it's crazy how the simple principles that someone may have learned in college for example um simple principles that if you run with it then you can see how it can be affected on a mass scale. The the media, I think, man, this a lot of people in the media are committing a grave disservice to all of us, man, because they are affecting us in such a way that it's like, man, they're not even basing things on facts. We're not basing our lives on facts when 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 we've been told two thousand years in advance that this mark of the beast system is going to come about. And facts. the Lord the Lord made it clear what his facts are. Facts don't get the ratings. I understand that, but, but we're talking about the fact that we're seeing how that there is a battle with ideas on a mass scale to where whether or not there is any type of a risk from the flu, the cold, uh, the coronavirus, whatever the case may be, uh, we can clearly see, man, that we're coming to a point where we may not be able to carry on in the same way we have been. I mean, being able to feed your family is pretty basic. And whether or not you believe there's a such thing as a coronavirus that swept the world, I and mean, this one guy, the way he said it, oh, it's sweeping the world. Uh, no, I think that Jesus is the one doing the sweeping. I think he's cleaning house whether it's in the church, whether it's in government. I mean, there's a point, man, where we should be able to see what Jesus is doing by allowing people to, I mean, really people are making themselves out to be fools, man. I mean, when you have people that claim that they believe a certain ideology, that they claim, for example, claim to be a Christian, but then it's found out that you really didn't believe what you was preaching. Like say a preacher, for example, gets caught up in a scandal. It's like, man, I mean, how is it even possible that somebody can point to the Bible, preach things out of the Bible, and then turn around and like not resist the simplest of temptations, you know, whether it's staying faithful to their wife. I mean, I don't know. That's up for debate because, you know, the whole, 
one man and many women thing, you know, that's, that's an issue all in itself. I mean, I'm not, not really particularly talking about that, but when you obviously have scandals going on or things that are doing reproach to the name of Jesus, it's like, man, I mean, my faith can't be in people. My faith can't be in the media. My faith can't be in even my own ability to save myself. I'm not saying that I shouldn't prepare or be able to do things or whatnot. That's what I'm saying. But there's a point where ultimately, man, Jesus told us to put our faith in him. And when he gives certain instructions, people just simply don't follow them. He, he gives warnings and people don't follow. Them. You know, why would we be able to complain or why would we uh, assume that the Lord's just always going to understand, you know, our position. There's a point where he made it clear that if you love him, you will obey his commands. So being able to see those who will take the mark of the beast, that put the computer chip in their hand, that won't prepare when they're told in advance that, hey, this is, this is what this is and this is what this means, you know, it's like, you know, I've been trying to prepare my mind and wrap, you know, my lifestyle around being able to let go. I mean, there's a point where you ought to be able to let go of this particular lifestyle because everybody wants to live comfortably. Everybody wants luxury. Everybody wants a nice place to live, you know, utilities, you know, you want water flowing into your faucet, you know, and all that. But man, what's more important is, is you being able to feed your family more important than, you know, having them in luxury and Wi-Fi? Yes. So then that wouldn't that mean as a man, though, you would need to be able to see the signs of the times that we're living in and say, look, this is what I need to do. And even I'm not, you know, I think that the, one of the problems is, is being able to afford a piece of land, for example. That's an issue for me, man. I don't see too many people. I mean, I, I know people that have land, all that, whatever. But I mean, when it comes to having years upon years, I'm talking about, well, how old are you? 38. Yeah, we're the same age. So, I mean, to me, it's like having 38 years of our lives that if our parents would have been doing what they were supposed to be doing, and if they would have pointed us the right direction and showed us, hey, this is what the book of Revelation says. Hey, look, that's the signs of the times. Hey, you know, you've got time. You know, instead of pointing your life a certain direction and building your lifestyle, you know, in the city and around, you know, being dependent on utilities and grocery stores and all that, we've had plenty of time. We, I mean, would you say that you could see it that way possibly and say, yes, we have had plenty of time, but. <laughs> yeah. And I, I could go off on, you know, my folks had me in church when I was younger. And like most of the kids that probably didn't understand it or, or follow along like I should, but it was a church that actually discouraged me and kept me, not kept me, that was my decision, my folks' decision, but it discouraged us into getting out of the church for a while. And it wasn't until I got older that I went back uh, to something the church did. And this is a church that my parents were active in. My dad was the lead singer for the you know, church choir or whatever. Was. My mom was, man, my dad had a heck of a voice. Probably still does. Not bad for a 70-year-old man, but... Um, but it was the church that discouraged me. But um, I'd say it, keep talking about time. I got to wrap up here just a minute. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we've definitely had plenty of time to be where we need to be. But I mean, I think that's life, you know, distractions and and whatnot. But, uh, you know, like you said, maybe it's the devil pulling us away or whatever it may be. But again, another reason kind of where we started, it's important to have moments like this with like-minded people, God-fearing people to kind of help us get back on track and get us in the right direction. Well, I'm glad you got some teeth, man, to be able to chew on, on some meat. You know what I mean? You got to be able to as a grown man, you know, you got to be able to prioritize. And uh, I would say that being able to prioritize the truth of the Bible, that's that's definitely a battle. So anyways, another time, man. Yeah.